Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Now this morning, we're going to wrap up our series, God and Money. Again, why are we talking about God and money? Well, God kind of makes sense, right? Because we're in church, you're watching a live stream, you're listening to the podcast. But why God and money? Because often when we think of money being spoken about in the church, we're like, the church just wants our money. So we're talking about God and money because they want more. And that's true, that often happens in church, that kind of messaging. But we're talking about God and money because we have a relationship with both God and money. And the relationship that we have with the God of grace and money can be a complementary relationship in our lives. But it It can also be a relationship that is in conflict. And I I think if we do some honest reflection, it often is a relationship that is in conflict. Well, as we think about that, a question for you this morning, since, you know, it's just a cold morning and sometimes the gears get moving slow. So let's get the gears going here just a little bit. Question is, what is one of your favorite fast food restaurants? What was that? Famous days. It's like some, it's like none of you go out to eat anywhere or, or you don't eat fast food because you're all super healthy. Famous days is one. Taco John's. Chick-fil-A. A couple of you said that right in unison with each other. Taco Bell. Buzzard Billy's. Mickey D's. You know, in the youth group today, we had an icebreaker, and they asked, like, what is your favorite, like, food? And by the time we were done, like, we were all just hungry. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm hungry. Runza. Runza. It's just a lot of great places. You know, growing up, uh, one of my favorite fast food restaurants to go to was Burger King. Because they had the Whopper and because they had the Crown. How many of you remember going to Burger King and getting to wear the crowns? I don't even know if they, if they still have the crowns. I don't think they do. I don't know. But you know, that was really cool because you got to go to Burger King. You got the burger. You're away, right? Right away. You eat this big old burger, fries. Everything's unhealthy, but it tastes so good. But you got the crown and you were king for that moment. That was pretty cool. Big king. You know, your own little kingdom right there in front of you. And you get to make the decisions of what this is going to be like. Well, today, as we, we kind of dive into these words of Jesus, this conversation that he has with those gathered around, he's talking about a kingdom. Not a Burger King kingdom, but God's kingdom. Let's read here verse 33, and let's read this together. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first his kingdom. Well, let's put these words of Jesus in context. You you may be familiar with these words. You may even know a song that goes with these words. You know, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Either it was not entertaining or it was so embarrassing. You're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe we started singing. (laughs) Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Well, Jesus says these words, speaks these words in what we call the Sermon on the Mount. So if you ever think that you've ever thought through, you know, that you sat through a long sermon, I mean, this sermon that Jesus gives, this Sermon on the Mount, takes up three chapters in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, 6, and 7. 
So, you know, all these people had gathered around Jesus, you know, it's often what's happening, and they, they, they wanted to see him perform miracles, they, they wanted to hear him teach, and so he goes up to this mountainside, and he does what's called the Sermon on the Mount. This is where we have things like the Beatitudes, you know, blessed are they who, you know, fill in the blank. This is where Jesus talks about prayer and fasting. This is where we have the Lord's Prayer, is it in the Sermon on the Mount, And so Jesus is talking about what God's kingdom is. That God's kingdom, he often says, is near. That God's kingdom is here right now. Now, part of what Jesus was trying to do was battle a mindset that some of the folks that were listening to Jesus, not just, you know, the common people, but the religious leaders too, of what they were thinking that the Messiah was going to bring when he brought God's kingdom, when he brought the kingdom of heaven. They were looking for a powerful kingdom and a powerful king that would wipe out the Roman rule and establish their country, their nationality once again. That they would have power and prestige and wealth. But Jesus says that that's not God's kingdom. Now, I think sometimes when we hear these words, again, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, we're, again, we're thinking kingdom. We sometimes get into that mindset that it's about making God's earthly rule like with power. And sometimes, you know, sometimes the Christian church has done that in history, try to use you know, the government to establish power. But that's not what this is all about. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. What Jesus is doing here is Jesus invites us to build his kingdom, not our own. Sorry, Burger King. Sorry, Crown. But to build his kingdom. But what does that mean to build his kingdom? What is this kingdom that Jesus speaks of? Well, again, because it's a cold day, so you're going to probably not hang out, you know, outdoors very much. You could read through chapter 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew. You know, that Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus lays out what God's kingdom is all about. That God's kingdom is not about self-serving. It's not about power. It's not about, you know, accumulating more stuff. God's kingdom is about God establishing his reign in this world. It is about his battle going on with the alternate kingdom. The alternate kingdom is that of the devil. But Jesus' kingdom, his kingdom is making inroads into this world that we live in, in the world that you lived in, you know, 2,000 years ago, even today. And we see this ultimately in what Jesus does and what we call Good Friday, when he gives his life for us. God's kingdom ultimately is about his love. In fact, here is, you know, something I think for us to think about as we think about God's kingdom. The kingdom of God is ruled by the author of love. If you look at the Beatitudes, you look at the Sermon on the Mount and how Jesus calls us to live, he's calling us to live in love, to take the love that we have from God and to share that love with others. So even as Jesus says, you know, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve both God and money or wealth or man and you'll love one and despise the other. In other words, you know, what is going to shape your heart and your life as those who belong to God's kingdom? And we belong to God's kingdom. Why and how? 
by faith, by the Holy Spirit working faith in our lives, by the grace of our God through his son, Jesus Christ. We are part of the kingdom, not by what we do, by what's been done for us by the king himself. The kingdom of God is ruled by who? The author of love. Jesus speaks to this, I think, a little further, you know, in another conversation he's having. And Matthew records these words here, and this is on two slides. Let's read this together. Jesus answered him, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. The kingdom of God is ruled by the author of love. God's love for you, for me, for the world. A love so great, so immense, that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him has eternal life. So when Jesus, what he's doing is he's inviting us to be a part of the kingdom work. Of, of sowing seeds of hope and love and forgiveness to bring healing and peace. Now, what does this have to do with God and money? Because we're talking about God and money. I mean, besides the fact that Jesus mentions you can't serve two. But he also, in this kingdom, he says, you know, why are you worried? Why are you anxious? You know, the, the birds of the air, God takes care of them. God takes care of the lilies of the field. Don't you think that God knows what your needs are and will take care of you. Part of that, again, is, is an understanding of the kingdom of God, that if we are living as the kingdom people, if, if, if we are living as God's people, bringing his kingdom into our community here at Holy Savior, into this community of Lincoln and around the world, the part of this thing is, why would you worry about it? Because if, if you're amongst kingdom people, if they see a need, they're going to address the need. They're going to take care of it. They're going to shower and show love by their words and their actions. The kingdom of God is ruled by the author of love, by the one who shows generous love. And ultimately, if we're going to you know, talk about God and money and about being part of the kingdom, then we understand that, that ultimately it's that love that shapes us, it shapes our actions, it shapes how we use the resources God has given us. It shapes us to be a people who are generous in love through word and action. So, if that's who he's called us to be in, in his grace, you know, how do we become a more generous people? A people who are generous in love, not just generous by your dollar amounts, but generous with, with yes, dollars, but, but your, your time, when you talk about time, talents, and treasures, the time that you give, of the talents that you share, of the forgiveness and the mercy that you show, of the peace that you bring. I think there's a number of practices that can be helpful, that I find helpful. And I hope maybe you'll find helpful too. The first practice is to embrace gratitude. Embrace gratitude. Now, what does that mean? You know, a number of, of secular studies agree with Scripture. Go figure, right? Secular studies show what Scripture says, that when we embrace gratitude... It shapes us. It shapes our understanding of the world, of who we are, of the resources we have. 
So one of the easy ways to embrace gratitude, again, it's a cold day. So, you know, spend some time today and on a sheet of paper, a sticky note in your phone, you know, write down a list of some things that you're thankful for. Maybe right now you're like, yeah, there's not anything I'm thankful for. It may take a little more time for you to process that. And maybe take the whole week and do that. Just take the whole week and, and start somewhere and just keep adding to the list. The little things, maybe the big things, the things you hadn't even thought of for which you are thankful. Embrace gratitude. So that we are truly grateful for everything that God has given us. It's part of what helps us not be so anxious and worrisome about what's going on, especially right now in the current you know, financial climate that we live in. And ultimately, gratitude for what God has given to us in Jesus. Second practice is this. Give with eyes wide open. Now, what does that mean? Well, you got to have your eyes open. Um, but not just physically eyes open, but, but be open, eyes open to the needs and the opportunities around you to be generous in love. It really reflects our king. Because think about this. Did God, with eyes wide open, see a need for humanity? Yeah, he did. He saw all the needs that we have, and he saw the greatest need that all of us have. And that was to be saved from our sins. We see Jesus do this often. You know, as, which is Matthew, it's just really great how Matthew puts things together as the Holy Spirit led him. As Matthew has this really long sermon, 5, 6, and 7, if you have more time today, you want to read some more, get into the next chapters, and you see Jesus doing this exact thing. With eyes wide open, he's responding to the needs of those around him. Bringing healing and hope, grace and mercy. So practice number one, embrace generosity. Practice number two, give with eyes wide open. And practice number three, start small. I mean, you don't have to go out the door here. You can if you want. But you don't have to go to the door here and say, all right, I'm writing everything over to God. Here, God, it's everything in my checking account. It may not be a lot, but it's all yours. Or that you have to pick up your bags and say, hey, you know, Chelsea, I hear you need some help in the Czech Republic. I'm there. I'll be there and if you buy a ticket today, 24 hours. Most of that sitting on an airplane, if you're lucky. The delays could be 36. But start small. So you think about, like, you know, you know, like giving financially. If you're like, I've never given anything, you know, I don't hardly give anything at all. I, I like to do something. Because remember, we've been talking, too, in this series, and we had those little white cards. If you kept those and thought about those, you know, about your ability and your willingness, you might say, you know what, Lord, I, I actually have the ability. I think I'm really, I'm actually willing now. I, I want to give. You know, start small. You can start small by giving just 1% or 1% more than what you're currently giving. So if you give 0%, 0, 1% more than 0 is, you know, you're going to go up to 1%. If you are already giving 10% and you are tithing, that's great. Give 1% more than a tithe. If you say, well, I've helped out, you know, here and there a little bit, you know, give 1% more than what you've given. You can start small by saying, I can give of my financial resources, of my talent and experience resources, of the time. I mean, time is a precious commodity. 
And I give of my time as I serve, both within the community of Holy Savior and outside into this world. Embrace gratitude. You know, give with eyes wide open. Start small. One small step to live and bring God's kingdom into this community and this world. Now, maybe, you know, in the current situation we're in, you're asking this question here, because I thought about this question. The question is, how can I be generous when I am what? Broke. Or, I mean, not broke, but I'm overwhelmed with debt, and the groceries seem like they're 10 times more expensive than when I was there just the other day, or I had to get a car repair, and I'm certain that the cost of getting a car repair has gone up 10% each year for the last three or four years. Ouch. But how can I be generous when I'm broke, when I feel like I'm strapped? I mean, most of us as North Americans, between depending what study you read, 75 to 80% of us are living paycheck to paycheck. That's also people with like six-figure-plus incomes. And you say, like, how can I be generous? Well, again, you can start small, but also, too, again, it doesn't have to be just your financial gifts in the ways that you were generous, you know, within the community of Holy Savior and outside to the community of Lincoln of the world. That generosity of giving... Again, come through the time that we give, the talent that we share, the grace and the mercy, the love, the peace, the hope that we bring into people's lives. As simple as encouraging someone with your words, a thank you note, a prayer. We give from the resources that God has given us as he enables us and as he grows us in our willingness and our ability. So we talk about growing in Jesus and sharing his love. So growing in Jesus will include growing in generosity and sharing this love will require being more generous. Not just simply here at Holy Savior, but as we live our lives each and every day. Generous in love as our God has been generous in love toward us. That's God's kingdom in the world, the generous love that is making and taking grounds against our adversary, the devil, bringing hope and healing to so many. So again, let's just take an opportunity here again, and as we wrap up the series, to kind of, again, assess willing and able. So again, we're going to have the card on the screen, so if you don't have the card with you, you can visually think this through. You know, how willing you are and how able you are. So circle in your brain. You know, one through five, one being not so willing, five being very willing, one being not very able, five being very able. How willing are you to share? And how able are you to share? Again, some simple practices can help us change and grow in this area and this generous love and to reflect the generous love of our King to embrace generosity, to give with eyes wide open, and to start small. To reflect the sacrifice that our Savior God has made for us in Jesus. As we say here at Holy Savior, we're about growing in Jesus and sharing his love. So I'm going to give you a challenge as you go out. And here is your challenge. What is one small action you can take this week to grow in Jesus' generosity and love? Just one small action. It's your action, not my action. Mine's going to probably be different than yours. 
but one small action, whether it's financial, whether it's time, whether it's talent, whether it's words of encouragement or thank you or prayer, whatever that one action is, and ask God to bless that action, that that action is a blessing to someone else. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of your amazing grace and love. Lord, you had this really long sermon that was just so moving and it explained so much of what the kingdom was really all about. And Lord, so often when we think about our relationship with you and, and our money and, and really all of our resources, it gets tangled and muddy and mixed up. Yet you help us truly understand what it means for us to live as those who are part of your kingdom. That this is what it means to be part of your family to live in your love and to share your love through all of our resources, through all of our words and our actions. Holy Spirit, help us to ponder and maybe put into practice this coming week just one small action that we can take. And that that action is a blessing not only for ourselves, Lord, but a blessing to others. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.